Rise of the Witches. You will train. You will become my elite. When all life on Earth is threatened by vampires and werewolves, Gaia grants her daughters access to her elemental powers to restore balance. Who better to restore balance than the gatekeepers of all life? Rise of the Witches. You will train. You will become my elite. Welcome to another episode of Challenger Environment. Today I'm uh, interviewing Norm. He's a retired truck driver. He drove all over America and he has a lot of stories to talk about. Now, Norm, <laughs> how, how did, can you express, express to myself and the audience how it was as a truck driver? Was it, what was it like? Well, basically put it this way, you gotta be self-driven, get yourself up and go down that road. The minute the truck stops turning its wheels, you stop making money. So a person that is willing to be early at work because you know you're going to deliver your product on time or before time, you're putting money in your pocket and that over time adds up to making a habit. So you're going to be setting your habits, yes, but you got to be able to be flexible when they say, hey Norm, I need you over in LA tomorrow or yesterday. Right. Right. It sounds like you're basically an entrepreneur. You're your own boss. You're your own owner. And if you're not getting up to open up your store, yep. you're not making money. Yep. Well, there's three levels. One's the local haulers, and basically they work for a company. They pick up gravel or concrete or whatever, and they just drive around dropping off deliveries, and they just got to show up on time, get rid of their load, come back, get another local, get another. Then you got point-to-point uh, -point drivers. They like pick up a load here in Denver. They'll go to Rock Springs, Wyoming, drop their load off. There's a meet a truck coming out of Salt Lake. who come up there and they'll pick up their load. You'll pick up their load and you come back. You end up laying over a night. Or you go down one place, drop, spend the night, come back, whatever. And the third one is your independents that are fast going down the road. Those guys, they go anywhere, anytime, anyplace, and they go where they want. They have the big custom rigs, the $130,000, $170,000 rigs. They got everything in there from com computers to stereos, TVs, bedding that's really nice, microwave, gas ovens, all that stuff in there. The only thing they don't have usually is a shower. You know, you never really think about it. I mean, you see the space when you're driving past it, mm -hmm. that big old huge space behind the driver, but yeah. you don't think about all of that being in there. It's, yeah. it's, now, are those the ones that are usually private owners? Are those people that work for people? They own their own rigs? Or? They're private independent truckers. Okay. Yeah, because your basic Walmart, Kroger, stuff like that, them guys. Okay, Walmart, they'll give you sleepers, but it's a standard box sleeper. You got a 5x4 cab with a 5x4 sleeper with just a set of bunk beds in there and a 4-inch thick uh, foam rubber cushion to sleep on that you put your own bedding or whatever. Some like people use sleeping bags, some put sheets and stuff in there. It's however you want to make it. It's your home. Okay. That's all it is, your home. Now, I have to ask, because I see them all the time, and I have my, fa my favorite. Which is your favorite truck stop? 
<laughs> I, I am I am partial to the Flying J. Okay. And that's only because that's the one I went past all the time. And we finally stopped and went inside and ate and was like, whoa, this is good. So we started doing it more often as I left my workplace. I wasn't a truck driver, but the food there was great. Okay. I don't have a favorite. It's just favorite stops. Johnson's okay. Corner, humongous uh, cinnamon rolls. Where is this at? Johnson Corner up here in Colorado. Uh, well, what the heck? I can't even remember the name now. Oops. <laughs> That's a truck driver. Yeah, you, it's you've been just to so right many up places. On I-70 just before you get to Fort Collins. Ted's place is on the way up to Laramie, just outside of Fort Collins. They got some nice uh, cinnamon rolls. But okay. then you go down to Texas, the big Texas truck stop in Austin. They got a salad bar. They specialize in food. They got all sorts of stuff. They also got that big 72-ounce steak. That's a challenge. And if you eat that with all the trimmings, you get it free. Wow. Yeah, but you got to do it in an hour. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. That, how, have you ever seen anybody do it or know of anybody? Yeah, I've seen them do it. No, I ain't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and was it a trucker? <laughs> No, it was just oh. some guy off the street. His family came in there, and he was going to attack it. But it's got uh, bread, uh, baked tater, beans, salad. You got to put it all down. Oh, in an uh, hour. In an hour, yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do that. Yeah. Um, so now, I, now we're talking about the um, the restaurants. I have to ask, uh, or the, the they're called restaurants. No, what are they called? Truck stop. Truck stop. Lot lizards. <laughs> we all hear about them, and, and, I, and you know, like I said, this is an internet show, so <laughs> here I get to finally ask, and we don't have to worry about it, but it's like, we have to know, do they exist? Is that a term that just made it to us, you know, regular everyday car drivers? <laughs> Lot li lizards do exist. They are hookers and prostitutes. A lot of them are underage. A lot of them are... Uh, road hard, put away wet. They don't run the strips like out in Vegas or here, Colfax or anything like that. They just travel around the country. Some have pimps that take them around the country. They'll hop in your truck and say, hey, you want a date or something like that. Uh, you could be sound asleep. They'll come up and knock on your door and say, how about a date or something like that. And there's only one way to really discourage them. And I had my ex, she packed me a little brown bag, a pair of shoes, a bra and panties, and I carried it in my truck when I pulled into a lot and I didn't want to do anything, I wanted to go to sleep. I'd pull the shoes out, put them up on the dash, hang the panties and the bra off the fans for the defroster and I could crawl into the sleeper and go to sleep and lot lizards come by and look up, oh he's got a woman in there already so we're going to just keep on going. Love it, love it, wow, I would have never thought of that. <laughs> just remember, you know, like I said, they're they're not the cream of the crop. You're taking your risk in your own hands at that time. That is crazy. Right. Now you mentioned some of them are are underage, and there's pimps. Yes. And, um, so, is there a lot of law enforcement around that? Or usually they try and have it in some of the bigger truck stops and stuff. The bigger cities they really watch it, but uh, underage kids, they're under the radar in some of it. Some are runaways, drug addicts, stuff like that. And those are the ones that, you know, well, the whole thing you want to stay away from because you don't want to be messing with that stuff. Right. Usually you're pulling into a truck stop. You want to grab a shower, grab a bike to eat, get your truck ready to go, cr 
crawl in the sleeper, get about three hours sleep, and then get on down the road. Right. You don't have time to mess with it because, like I said before, the truck stops turning its wheels, you stop making money. Mm -hmm. and you're not there for eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. Now, given the legalization of certain things in different states like Vegas, are certain truck stops at different places a little bit heavier on that than others? Well, let's put it this way. If you go to Vegas, remember, Clark County, it is illegal to have a, be a hooker. Okay. Like on the Strip, the truck stops, anywhere, it's illegal. You go to Knight County where they have the brothels and everything, and that's all legal and regulated. Okay. But you don't have the truck stops, you go to the brothels. Right. They make more money in the brothels, and they don't have to take their risk, because they're at risk also. Because right, right. you get all sorts of guys going up and down the road, you know, you could have a mass murderer going from state to state to state. Wow. And yeah. that has happened. In People don't really think about how much the trucking industry interacts with the community. You guys understand a bit of the world that most people don't understand. They don't know about lot lizards and the prostitutes and the, the pimping and the under, all that stuff. Yeah. We go on our merry way living <laughs> and wake yeah. up and just keep going. Whereas you guys see this stuff and there's like, what, what, what can you do? Yeah. What can you do? There's, you know, there's, it's over and dated. But what I find interesting is, like you said, in Vegas, they make more money not trying to be that yeah. than, you know, because they're in their legal. Yeah. So it's just an interesting twist on that, that you, you know, as a, if you were to assume, you would think, oh, man, it's legal, so they could just run wild. But it's not. Yeah. They're doing it where it's safer. Yeah. Because in the end, everybody wants to be safe, it seems. Well, in Vegas, the girls, if they're arrested, they go through an HIV program and all that other stuff. They're put in a book. Just like the gamblers that are caught, they're put in a book. Everybody knows who they are. Okay. And the police are up there watching because, yeah, the police are out there trying to take care of the people that come in there. Their money's a tourist dollar. Right. You know? But go down to Vegas, walk down the strip, you're going to have somebody hand you a baseball card with a hooker's name on it. Wow. That stuff happens all the time. And it's kind of funny. You sit out there and you watch them going up down the street, and there's some guy's, you know, sleazy little dude handing out baseball cards or flyers and they hand them to the people and the old man grabs it takes a look and looks like this and then all of a sudden he throws it down and keeps on walking because his wife's sitting right there going huh <laughs> now with the uh, trucking um when you're doing like you were saying that if your wheels aren't moving you're not making money right does it matter what you're shipping depends on who you work for some you can be paid hourly wage and those are like your local haulers hauling gravel sand and stuff like that you make an hourly wage Majority of them, the independents, majority of them guys are all straight. They take up a uh, fixed price to go from port to port. But the guys that are on the in-between part, they're sitting there running from like here to Salt Lake or whatever, or here to LA. The minute you get in your truck and you leave Denver and you pull into LA, they got a set amount of miles. They looked up on Google and says, okay, it's 930 miles, so we're gonna pay you 25 cents a mile to drive that. Okay, that doesn't count the 15 miles you might be inside the city of LA trying to get to your destination. It's right. just city limit, city limit. Basically, if you were shipping gold to shipping diapers, it didn't matter. Didn't matter. Wow, okay. I always thought it mattered on the load. So you, it, it just always seemed like that. Only when you start getting up in hazmat. Oh. Yeah, because hazardous material, okay, they're going to say, okay, you want me to have the hazmat? I got a special license, special insurance. 
we got to run special routes, special vehicles, all this other stuff. We got more regulations, so they're going to jack the price up on it. Right. Except back what in the 70s when they had uh, torpedoes overturning the mousetrap. What? What is that? That's, That's a, a Denver legend. Okay. Okay. They were shipping from I think it was San Diego Navy Yard a load of five uh, torpedoes that go on a submarine. Okay. Okay, and they were going back east someplace. Well, the old mousetrap had a control tower right in the middle that they could sit in. That's how the interchange got the nickname mousetrap because everybody going in and coming out. A bunch of mice running. <laughs> well, they flipped the truck right in the middle of the mousetrap. And it caused havoc all over Denver. Wow. Like you would not believe. They shut down the whole mousetrap. They had to have ordinance engineers come in to unload the truck to get the torpedoes off and you know okay for that you're going to get paid a lot more if you don't have the accident if you have the accident you're probably not going to have a job probably not yeah um so on hazmat you get paid more Miles. Yeah. With hazmat, do they have a, a set price based off of the hazardous materials, or does the driver choose that? The company, how is that set? The company up? sets the rates. Say, okay, you want to run uranium from here to uh, Nevada and put it in storage out there. It's going to cost you this much to run a shipment of uranium in containers out there. Hmm. If you want to run uh, citric acid or something like that got to be placard okay so how much how many uh, barrels you got on the back of that tanker it's going to cost you X amount per barrel okay so That's you could be running bulk or you could be running 55 gallon drums hmm. wow okay with hazmat yeah. do you have independence yeah they do oh, it. Okay. what they do is they have it's a broker system set up and they got computer consoles in their computers or you can go to a truck stop they have driver lounges set up with internet connections. And basically you go in there and you can tap into a keyboard and tap into the system say, okay, I'm here in Denver today. I wanna go to Florida you know, with a load, I need a load. And yeah, I can haul a hazmat. They're gonna say, great, we need you to go out to the old Rocky Flats, pick up something that has to go to Florida. And this is the mileage we're gonna pay and this is the price we're gonna pay. And you can look at, okay, I'll do it. Or no, I'll look at something else. But they had the Rocky Flats went through the broker to get a driver. Okay. Now, given this, maybe a stretch, <laughs> given today's Lyft and Uber, <laughs> have they developed an app sort of for the hazmat for, you know, hey, I want to drive, and they have that that system there, and they're able to just tap it and. Not, not really, because you're still going through the broker, or you're working through a company that is, you know, uh, hazmat insured and everything. And they got the brokers, but like Lyft and Uber, you just can't call, pick up the phone and call somebody and say, yeah, I want a load of acid to go down to Texas. Right. Or a load of gasoline going from Denver to Lundmar. Right, right. Um, before I did this show, I was doing some research on trucking. And the reason why the AI is starting to work is because there's not enough drivers. Well, you look at it this way. You got so many things against you right now. You got the regulation, the person going in who wants to get a truck driver's license has to do all sorts of testing to get it done. Do a drive testing which is more comprehensive than you just going around the block in your car. You got to know how to do pre-trip and basic safety items. Okay, once you get that all done, you get hired by somebody. 
like I said, you got to be willing to go at the, at the whim of the person that's you know sending the money. Mm -hmm. So you might be going on two hours sleep, three hours sleep, or something. Even though they say you know you're going to be off for eight hours, well that eight hours goes from the minute he says you're off to the minute you get back in the truck and you turn on, on the key. So that gives you no time to do any social business, no time to do any personal business, no time to do any you know whatever you got to do. Right. You know. They got mechanics going to pull your truck off the line and go fix it while you're while you're there. You got to fill out the paperwork and get that all done. Make sure it gets turned in. Do you guys pay for that out of pocket or the company? Well, it depends on the company. If you're independent, you got to have a good mechanic. Some some shops don't open up till eight o'clock in the morning and they close at five o'clock. So you're pulling yourself off the road at that time. So you got to take that in mind. And then once you get that all accomplished, you got a truck and a driver and you're ready to go, you're turning around out there and you're going down the road, you're gonna be hung up by weather. You gotta get out and throw iron, which is hanging tire chains off a truck in the middle of a snowstorm up on I-70. People are gonna look there and I ain't appealing. You know, you're going down the road and you're trying to run you know, through traffic there's some lady in a convertible trying to put lipstick on right in front of you yeah you know and you're trying not to run her over and she just slowly she ain't paying attention she's got her foot coming off the off the accelerator and she's backing up and she so you hit the air horn she throws her mascara or uh, lipstick all over her face and then she flips you off starts calling you everything then she sees the number of your tr company driver on your truck saying phone number how's my driving and you get a whole bunch of stuff. So it's stuff like that coming in. You're not going to sit there for eight hours playing a video controller. Now you said AI. They've already done it. They put a truck from Fort Collins, a brewery up there, to Cowardice Springs to the distributor. They had a guy sitting behind the wheel holding his hands just like this. He did not touch the controls all the way. And he went from Fort Collins to Cowardice Springs, a driverless truck, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to say in the movies, they got that going all the time. Tron, stuff like that. Um, Logan, where they were going across country and that guy, bad guys tried causing a wreck and all these trucks just kept flying by and they were all computer generated AI's trucks, but the whole concept was the same. There was nobody inside those trucks controlling the trucks. They were just going down the road. Mm -hmm. You know. Do you want to have a truck coming down from Eisenhower Tunnel with no driver behind that wheel and you're right in front of them? Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, that truck is loaded. It's 85,000 pounds, you know, rolling weight. Mm -hmm. And the brakes might be bad. They might be old. Okay, somebody's going down, reading a map or putting their makeup or something on. They're trying to slow down. You got that truck coming down. They get the beeper says they got a blockage so they go to move over and you're in that lane next to them mm -hmm. there's nobody there to make the judgment yes I can or no I can't they they're gonna just go and do it once their sensor says yeah we can do it mm -hmm. they don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. with that so they got that problem they got to figure out and they're working on it but do you want to have that in that control yeah good question do you with the uh, AI and different things like that, we were talking about the sleeping and things. We have to come off the road. Mm -hmm. We get sick, you know, yeah. we get the flu, we have different things like that. Now, do you think that's another reason why they're pushing for this is because really it's more of a productivity along with the lack of drivers, yeah. you know, because they can increase
productivity without worrying about drivers not wanting to be yeah. there or whatever? Yeah, you're getting around driver fatigue, you're getting around uh, regulations, because you're going down the road and you're supposed to take a break and it's supposed to be eight to 12, uh, 10 hour break. You know, the old days, they'd have two, three sets of log books that you would run so that a solo driver could run log books, get around the laws and still run. But he's, you know, jeopardizing himself, the public, everybody by running the log books. If you ran a team, they, we figured out that it was like 25 to 30 minutes. If you slowed down, found a spot on the side of the road, stop the truck, the team member crawls out of the sleeper, gets behind the steering wheel and takes off and you crawl back in the sleeper and go to sleep. By the time you catch up to where you should have been, it's 25 to 30 minutes. So necessity kind of made people try and find a way around that. Not the smart way, not the safe way, I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying they would slide the seat back, guy would hold the steering wheel as he stands up, stands off to the side, the guy in the sleeper would stand over by the jump seat he jump in behind the steering wheel and keep on going. Right. Didn't stop the truck, kept it moving. Right. And if you had to take a leak, stood in the doorway on the passenger side, took your leak. Right. And right. sometimes it's gotten to the point where if you ever see a bottle on the side of the road, they're called Mountain Dew bottles, <laughs> not the brand, but Mountain Dew bottles. <laughs> Don't pick it up. <laughs> Word to the wise, eh? <laughs> yeah, forewarned is forearmed on that, but yeah, milk cartons, anything like that. Oh, wow, okay. Now I never really thought about that. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, when you said a team, do the teams ever max more than two, or does that start to financially strain on the team, or, or what would? Okay, remember I told you you're paying 25 cents a mile? Mm-hmm. Okay, this was back when I started, too. But your teams would split 25 cents a mile. So no matter when I'm sleeping and my partner's driving, I was making money. That's why you kept the wheels running. Okay. Now what about, have, are those those people who did it by themselves? We were hired by our company, so this is your team, this is what you're going to do, you know, okay. you're going to go. And that way, you can leave Denver, run three trips to L.A., and come back in a week. Okay. You and know, out and back, out and back, out and back. You guys didn't choose your partner, the companies just chose it? Well, sometimes you had your partner, sometimes you were matched up with somebody like that. A lot of times, you know, your partner would retire quit, or I'd graduate, I would get to be first seat in a truck so I could pick my own partner. Well, I had to kind of like audition a driver to be my partner. Okay. And you didn't want somebody that was totally opposite of you. You wanted somebody that was going to be able to get out there and get to work and go. When you got to Vegas and did your turnaround where you had to turn turn the truck down, shut it down, fuel, oil, check everything. One guy go get in his shower while the other guy's taking care of the truck and get yourself something to eat. And basically you plan on being there for an hour. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy that's driving takes care of the truck, gets shut down and everything. He goes, parks the truck. He goes in, gets something to eat and everything. The guy that's sleeping, he hops out of the truck, goes to the shower, gets something to eat and gets ready to go. They walk back out of the truck, hop in. You go to bed, he takes off. When you were uh, when you were driving, did you ever do that with any of your girlfriends, ex-girlfriends, or? Oh, that's a good way to get in trouble. I was married, and all my ex and I didn't drive together. That's uh -huh. probably part of the reason why I got divorced. Is that I was on the road all the time. Right now, the guys that were with their wives doing that, they were doing that together. Have that work out. What you understand? It just depends on what type of relationship. But if it's rocky, you're in a five by four space, and 
you know, you pop gum or something like that and it gets on you, it gets on the nerves. Somebody doesn't like rock and roll. Somebody wants to listen to talk radio. Somebody thinks, well, what are you weaving for? You're getting tired of something. I go, no, I'm not. I'm fine. They start arguing. They don't explode. They don't want that. Typical marriage stuff. <laughs> it's just in a five by four for a much longer time. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow, that's interesting. Never really give it that kind of thought, you know. I just never really think about it. Just yeah. it's the fact that it's a five by four. Yeah. And you're with that person that whole time. Um, I always thought that you guys got to pick and choose everything, you know, like your partners. But again, like you said, you got CA, so usually it's the person. Yeah, that's the guy that he's the lead seat. He gets to choose who goes with him. Mm -hmm. Or if he says, okay, I'm open to a new driver or something like that because mine quit or something like that. Or uh, he gets left behind at Vegas because the driver says, look, I said, we're ready to go an hour. And he's in there playing video poker. That happens. And that happens. See ya. Of course, then your corporate representative who's out there on the highway is supposed to be a safety guy, keep an eye on all the trucks and stuff, and break down something. There's somebody's close that's going to respond. They're usually running you down and says, Why did you leave this guy at the truck stop? And then you got to tell him, says, well, Dude is playing poker. I told him we're leaving 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. And he, didn't, he was in there playing. He says, I'm, I'm working. I'm not messing with it. Did that ever happen to you or just someone you know? Yeah. It happened to you? Mm hmm You left him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's about money, you know, it's a business. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, you got to be driven by the dollar. You're gonna you're gonna sit there and I'm making twenty five cents a mile. How many miles do you gotta go in an hour to make a de decent wage? Right. Yeah. You know, and when you get to LA you're driving fifteen miles, not paid. You still gotta either get the trailer unloaded and reloaded to go back, or you drop a hook and then you head back. Okay. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. Uh, have you ever had any accidents in the in the diesel? Yeah. What, do you Everybody mind talking? Will, everybody will have an accident sooner or later. Most common when you're backing up because you got a 53 foot trailer and you lose your blind spots and you lose sight of the back end of your trailer, you're gonna have an offsite accidents and stuff. Uh, the one I will talk about is wildlife. God love deer, they're beautiful animals and everything, but they ain't got the brains God gave a mouse. They'll come out of a stand of cattails and try jumping between the truck and the trailer because they see that open spot and they think they can get through before that. And if they hit the front of your truck, they're going to tear the whole side of your truck up. And you see all these people saying, well, I'm going to swerve and go around that deer. I don't want to hit Bambi. You don't do it in some way. You swerve like that, you're going to flip. Yeah, yeah. So, force in motion stays in motion. That's a mm -hmm. lot of weight and force going in one direction. And then you got times like you're going down the road, the wind picks you up from behind and starts pushing you down the road. And you're going, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, hold it. Now, what do you guys do in that? Because, okay, for like us, regular driver cars, yeah. you call AAA. <laughs> Who do you guys call? And, and if it's and if it's not, an, if, if your truck's not overly damaged, you guys just dust it off and keep moving because your, your wheels, you're not spinning well, now. You got you to wait through. You got to have the state patrol come. They got to fill out all the paperwork and all that other stuff. They got to make the reports. If the truck's drivable and it's, falls within the DOT guidelines that you can still run with your lights and stuff the way they are, they'll let you continue to the next port of 
entry or a port of call or a city or whatever to get damage repaired. 90% mm -hmm. of the time, especially if you lay it over on the side, you're going to be on a hook. What is, oh, getting tow truck. Tow truck, yeah. yeah. So and that. that's when the safety guy comes along, picks you up. After you're done, he takes you back to wherever. And the way things go nowadays, you have one major accident, you're going to get fired. Really? Yeah. Liability and insurance is a big thing. Yeah. Um, now, with with stories I've heard, meth, no dose, things like that to keep you going. Given that those are things that help you keep going, if you have one of those accidents, are you drug tested right away? Yep. What is so it's a mandatory? Yeah, mandatory. Federal regulations will sit there and say your company has to administer a drug test to you. So usually within an hour after you have the accident, safety guys pick you up, takes you to the nearest location. They say go in and do a pee test. Mm -hmm. and that's it. You know, you're done. Yeah. Because you ain't gonna you fake them. Yeah, and even if you yeah. pass the test, it sounds like you're fired anyways because yeah. liability and yeah. things like that. But that's a good point that. The majority of people, they have an accident on the road. They don't got to face what a truck driver's got to face. Okay, just to hold your license after all the testing and everything, you got to go in there. You're going to do a DOT physical that determines by a third party if you're fit to drive. Now it can be for a one month or it could be up to two years that they'll give you a okay to go. But They'll look right at you and they'll say, okay, you're a large man, you're overweight, you got sleep apnea and they haven't put a stethoscope on you or nothing, they're just going off by the size of your neck saying you got sleep apnea. So you got to go through this whole big sleep apnea, uh, sleep test and everything, get certified and cleared. Hmm. You know, you go in there, you got to do a pee test every time you get a DOT physical. Now, is that all part of your expenses or does the company pay for all this company. if you're doing okay unless you're on your own then on your if you are your own independent you just got to go in and do it once you know when you're doing a dot okay but that that uh information is still sent to the government they say yeah okay we got a problem driver so they don't have to do the sleep apnea just the ones that work for the companies have to do it well no it's if you go into like if you go into an in-network uh, doctor, they're the ones that are going to put you into that sleep apnea study because they have the facilities. Their network's going to cover it and they're going to send you into the network to get that study done. Okay. So guess who's getting the money? Yes. I can see how AI looks good for corporations. Yeah. Corporations, I see where, where, they're, where they like this because now they don't have to pay for people all the time and if, and if there's a loophole put into it legally, then they have to put these people through each one of those loopholes, even yep. if it costs money. Yep. Even like you said, it's just the size of my neck. That doesn't mean anything. Yep. I could be a, a builder. I could be anything. It doesn't mean anything. Um, each individual is their own. So you're basically, it's like you're saying that they're using this one method across the board, which automatically sends a ton of people in a direction of expenses that don't need to be there. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. But now your company, they got three ways to get you. One is a mandatory. DOT physical that you go into. They can require you got a mandatory uh, physical every year regardless for yearly physical. And then the third one is they can do it for cause. And all it can be is just says, 
Okay, I saw that number on the side of the truck. I called a number. It says, this guy's weaving. I think he was drunk or something like that. They call you up. You need to report to the nearest medical facility and get a few tests. Wow. Just from a phone call. Yep. And that's the public looking at you at the scrutiny of all this stuff. And that's a lot of problems right there. Right. You know, and you're going to be the person that insists, I know I'm straight. I don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, some companies knew what drivers that they could go off on vacation, they come back, says, okay, you're going in for a physical, you know, a P-test because you're on vacation. And then other guys, they knew they were doing drugs. They didn't have to send them down there, but they were protecting them. Mm -hmm. And this was the old days back in the day. And they knew these guys were doing marijuana or anything like that, you know? And there are some guys, you go to Sturgis, you know, and you tell them, say, yeah, I'm going on vacation. Where are you going? Sturgis. Okay, you get back, do the P-test just for the connotation of where you went. And that way there's kind of keeping you from being able to do anything because you know when you get back what yeah. you're going to be doing. And now you got all these rules. It's legal for medical marijuana and it's legal for recreational marijuana. Yeah, but it's not legal to have it in your system because it will show up in that P-test. And that's because they go under federal regulations, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, um, given people, as I tell my wife, people are people are people are people. No matter where you are, they're yeah. people. Um, we as people drive regular cars, use our cell phones all the time. How is that with truck drivers? And is that the cause of some of the teams breaking up or? Uh, it's gotten to the point now where trucking companies are putting cameras in the car. You see them, especially for the people that got a, a breathalyzer in their car. The insurance companies make you put that little camera so every time you start the car, it takes a picture of who's blowing into the, the breathalyzer while they're taking, you know, starting the car. Well, they got the camera in the car, they can turn it on anytime while you're driving, see what you're doing. Most of them say, okay, if you're gonna talk, you can have a Bluetooth with a little ear, earbug in your ear. But if you got your hand on a cell phone, they'll fire you. You can't answer it or anything, it's gotta be by that, that earbud. And they can sit there and you could be driving all day long, they could be filming you all day long. Okay, and, and so they're filming the driver and probably what the driver's looking at Okay, they got computer setups in there. Look at your RPMs, look at your speed, look at your route, look at your fuel consumption. It looks at the motion of the truck. If you're uh, turning really hard or sharp, stuff like that, it will pitch, set up roll, sensors. Pitch, roll, sway, sway. Yeah. Uh, pitch, roll, and yaw. <laughs> so, I mean, all that stuff, you're being monitored out there more than everybody in their car is. Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. Wow, it's big, been a big eye-opener today. Yeah. Um, so I brought this, I got this for you. <laughs> and, and the reason why I got this for you is because, well, for one, it's a glow-in-the-dark. And I got this because I wanted him to see that when he was driving, it was nighttime. He was the only one out there shining. <laughs> he was the only one on the road shining on those roads because I know I've seen those trucks out there lonely. So I got this for you because I want to say thank you for all of your service for this country. I do appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Mark. You know, because it's a risk. Yeah. It's a huge risk out there on the road. And I, I drove a bus, so, and I didn't do crunch, crunch, I didn't deal with half the stuff, not even a percentage of what you guys have seen. I just deal with idiots on the street. <laughs> you know, that's the same as in my car. But to have to deal with, like you said, slapping metal on the chains and ice cold, mm -hmm. fingers are just freezing, but you're back behind that wheel and you're on the road, yeah. and here comes that guy's laptop. You know, so. Well, just real <laughs> quick, there's also the beauty part. 
You get out in the middle of nowhere, you've heard of Percy's meteor shower? No, I haven't. You can't see it here in towns. Okay. You get out in the middle of nowhere, in like January, February, some time of year like that, it's just a shower of meteors. And you're going down the road, all you see is the stars and the horizon, but you see those lights. Wow. And it's amazing. That, that's a sight. And the sight only a few people get to see. I, I've never even heard of it, but here you you know about it. That's amazing. Let's not talk about every 51. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Norm. I appreciate you coming on the show. I really do. Thank and, you for your uh, time, Mark. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. I really, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it because that's the goal is I was, I want every guest on here. And if you want to be a guest on my show, feel free to contact me through challengeyourenvironment.com. That's my website or www.challengeyourenvironment at yahoo.com or cye.challengeyourenvironment.com. You can get a hold of me any way you can. Be a guest on my show. Talk to me about the challenges you've gone through and tell me about some of the things you've got either done for our country, for yourself, for your family, or, or for friends. I'd love to hear it. We all face challenges. Until next time.